Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Watcher episode number 335. Glad you could join us again this week as we talk about some more sci-fi shorts. I am Corey Shrett. Mr. Brian Lee is over there on the other side of the mic. Brian, how's it going? Hello, hello. Doing good, Corey? Uh, great. So we got three more shorts we're going to talk about. I love doing these because it changes up the show, not just here's a movie. We're going to talk about it. And we're gonna. I love doing this because it opens up so much potential to to new things that we've never experienced before. Right. And we show you guys some stuff that, you know, you probably never seen. Yes. So make sure you check it all out at the show notes at saveproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. All right, let's get into some of the news. And I am so excited. We finally have a date on this one. What is it? Uh, July 19th for Iron Sky, the coming race. (laughs) (laughs) Not only that, in theaters and on demand. So you can pick and choose where you want to see it. Yes, uh, we have been waiting. I mean, the the original came out in 2012. It's been seven years. This was released in, I think, Finland, like in early January, February. We're like, come on, US, get it. And we finally got a date on this. And we are so I'm so excited to see this thing. I hope it lives up to the hype. Well, my well, we already well, you your bar is probably just as low as mine because we know what we're going into. We're not going into an epic space opera high high quality, high budgeted no. film. No. Mm-hmm. Nazis no. in space. Okay? I mean, that's all we need to know. Nazis in space and then some other creatures. And of course, we are going to release a special episode that day cuz we're going to watch it and we're going to talk about it cuz I want to talk about it. I want I want to wa- talk about it right now, but Unfortunately, we have another, what, three weeks or so to go, but we will be talking about Iron Sky, The Coming Race. We'll be fair and we'll wait till it's released in the U.S. Yes. So you guys got to <laughs> wait just as bad as we do. Ironically, I found this story at comicbook.com, and, and we were talking about this, I think, last week or the week before about Rick Moranis. And according to the article, of course, everybody else, well, almost everybody else, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Reaver, have read the script and it seems like we're going to get most of the classic cast back, but people would like to see Rick Moranis come out of retirement to do to reprise his role into this in this film. Yeah, you you had told me after one of the podcasts that he's retired, and I had no idea. Yeah, he retired. I'm I'm looking at this. He uh, he he reprised the, his role from uh, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids film to in sequel Honey We Shrunk Ourselves. That was. One of the last, his last on-screen role for a decade. Yeah, he quit after the death of his wife back in '97, basically, which is understandable. Yikes! I mean, yeah. he's done a few little things here and there. We revived the Bob McKenzie character in 2007's Bob and Doug McKenzie's two-four anniversary. Uh, he did a the voice in the Goldbergs for Dark Helmet. Little things. He's like I said, he did SCTV. They did like a, a get together talking about that show, and he was there talking. And it's not like. It's not like he's a recluse, like he's, you know, something's wrong with him. It's just he just said, I just want to take a break and quit. But he comes back when he feels like it. And it would be great to see him come back for this. I agree. You know, one name and I was thinking about this today as I was thinking about Rick Moranis. One name we haven't heard yet. Annie Potts. No, Annie Potts is coming back. Oh, I haven't. I didn't hear about that anywhere. Yeah, look it up. No, oh yeah, it actually says in this <laughs> in this article. Yeah, because it's like uh, okay, so that's everybody that's alive except for Rick Moranis right now. Exactly. Yeah, he's he doesn't care about a paycheck. Obviously, well, I don't think he needs the money, but he's a hell of an actor, and it it would be nice to see him again on screen. Yeah, I think that would just be icing on the cake. It would be, 
but I, I'm afraid I don't. I'm afraid it's gonna be a carrot cake or one of those fun cakes. <laughs> something I don't want to eat. You know, it's gonna yeah. look pretty, but once you actually slice into it, you're gonna be like, oh, okay. I I think it'll be good. I think it's in good hands with uh, my mind's escaping me. The director, yeah, you know, the director's name, um, I, Ivan Reitman's son, Jason, Jason Reitman. Think so. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Jason that, Reitman. You're right. I mean, at Jason least it Reitman. keeps it in the family. I mean, Dan right. and and Dan Aykroyd helped wrote that script script too. It wasn't just you know Reitman film. I mean, Dan Aykroyd was involved in that too. So. I mean, it can be good, but I mean, is it going to be Ghostbusters, the next generation, which seems logical, or is it going to be them having to come out of retirement again, like Ghostbusters 2? I think it's going to be passing the torch. Maybe maybe they'll come out of retirement, have to restart the thing, and have to get young kids because they're so old and they can't handle this anymore. Yeah. And he, he's got directing chops. He's done Juno. He did Up in the Air. He did Tully. He's done some good stuff. But I'm glad that he's doing it. I'm glad they're still keeping it in the family. Yeah. But remember remember all the rumors that went on about this? I remember there was one rumor saying that Bill Murray was uh, wanted to come back and be like killed off and play a ghost in the movie. <laughs> he's so weird. He says the weirdest things. You can never take him at face value. No, you can't. But the fact that everybody is on board for this, if if it's a great script, this, this could be a... a, a continuation maybe we get ghostbusters 4 or something i don't i don't know yeah we're gonna forget about the other reboot that happened. I, I i never acknowledge that two was not a great film in my opinion two was good but it it wasn't as good as the first one in my sequels my rarely are good yeah but usually the rule of thumb is that the even numbers are better than the odds mm, i don't know star trek 2 star trek 4 uh empire is better than return what about Indiana Jones? Uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, Temple of Doom was not my was not my favorite. Obviously, the fourth yeah. one sucked. Yeah, second one sucked. Third one was better. Yeah, one one and three were good. Two and four were bad. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't always work out that way. But you figure, and especially there was five year gap between one and two for Ghostbusters. You'd have enough time to to own like a really good script. You know. But I, I feel like when they made Ghostbusters, it was kind of lightning in a bottle, and then they try to recreate that lightning, and it's it's hard to do. It really is. It, re- it yeah. really is. But I mean, the the the, the franchise lived on in, in cartoons and video games and stuff like that. So in our head, you know, the problem is in our head, we're expecting to see 1984 Ghostbusters again on the screen, just with older actors. That sounds boring. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I don't know, but we'll have to wait and see. All right, let's move on to the next story here. Um, oh, look, a new movie is coming to theaters. <laughs> a new movie that happened two months ago is back. Yeah, so this was announced last week, and it was kind of crazy, but it makes sense. Avengers Endgame is coming back to theaters this weekend for a limited release with all new footage at the end of the movie. Um. And people are suggesting that this is because they're so close to beating the all-time box office record of Avatar that they just need a little push. They're at 2.73 I'm sorry, 2.743 billion. Avatar was at 2.788 billion, so pretty close. Yeah, um it's not a lot. What, 40 million dollars, 40 45 million, that's nothing. 
Yeah, so it's it's not an extended cut. Um, it's not a different version. They're just tacking on additional scenes at the end, like seven minutes. I, I, lo- so. I love the fact that you said it's not an extended cut. It's a three-hour and one-minute movie. What the heck would an extended cut film be? I know, I know. I mean, um, yeah, so it's what is it going to be more like post-credit rolls or something like that? Like, I mean, Well, people, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Avengers, you're going to be spoiled. But um, people are saying that there was a scene that they filmed where uh, Tony Stark is talking to his adult daughter after the snap. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I do remember hearing about that. And it kind of mirrors what happened with Thanos at the end of uh, Avengers, um, the last Avengers film when he was talking to Gamora. Mm. But when they showed it to test screenings, they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. Now I, I think people are, are ready and they could get it. I, I have a feeling that there's probably a four-hour film out there. I have a feeling there's a lot more stuff that they oh, left on yeah. the floor. I mean, you, they had to trim it down to three hours. There's, and we see in the trailers, which they hide a lot of good stuff without you knowing what's going on. I have a feeling when this comes out on DVD, there's, there's going to be that super uber extended edition with like everything imaginable in it. I think they're just going to be extra scenes you watch. I don't think they're going to piece it together as no i but yeah i i I just hope there's extra scenes but not extending scenes yeah i don't think so i've seen movies where well uh, the best example in my mind is clerks where i've seen i've watched clerks a billion times and then i've seen the original sundance or whatever film one of the film festival versions that kevin smith released and there's extra scenes and there's scenes that just drag on and you're like Mm -hmm. i don't want that (laughs) you know like I want it, I want a quick action film, but you want to put some extra scenes in that we didn't see that go go with the flow. Great, I don't care. Um, that reminds me of Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings has a bunch of extended oh, versions. God. I said that jokingly online. I'm like Peter Jackson's Avengers of Endgame because that's what he did. He kept like, a, oh, here's a new version. Oh, here's a new version. Yeah, yeah. It's like we don't we don't need that, George Lucas. Leave us alone. Just, <laughs> just. I, and I jokingly said when people say, "Hey, so what do you think the extra minutes are going to be?" I'm like, "Oh, easily. It's going to be at the beginning of the film. It's going to say previously." And it's going to highlight the last 20 films in the series. And then that's it. I think George, what George Lucas did is a little different. He retooled the movies completely. Yeah. Whereas Peter Jackson just added. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't mind adding to it, but don't, yeah, don't retool it. Yeah. Don't, we don't, we don't need another Star Wars nightmare. Um. Oh yeah. So we all talked to, we all, we talked about the, the, the FX live action TV show, Why the Last Man, the show that we really want to see because it just seems awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like at one point it was actually dead in the water. But and um, apparently there's still some life left in the scene. According to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, playwright and Animal Kingdom writer Eliza Clark has signed on as the new showrunner. And FX still has plans to release the sh- debut of the show sometime in 2020. Wow. So it's not dead. Not dead. It's. It's close. I don't know. I don't like the idea of when a show is near death and they keep changing people around. It doesn't seem like it's a good, you know, a good sign. I wonder if part of that has to do with the shuffling because of the merger, you know? It might be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good idea. And I'm glad it's going to be on FX because FX is a little more uh, liberal with their action and violence. And I think maybe because uh, once they did decide that they were going to cancel it, maybe there was enough of a backlash that... They're like, okay, maybe we should not, you know, 
scuttle this. Yeah, or was it Disney that decided to resurrect this, or was this FX that uh, was, or was this Fox that decided to resurrect this? That's the question at hand. Yeah, no clue. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, Disney might be like, "Hey, that's something good. We're not getting rid of that thing." Mm-hmm. But we will have to wait and see. And I will definitely be watching that show if it ever comes out. All right, I love lists, and I, Brian <laughs> Brian gave us a list, and I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, this is from uh, Taste of Cinema, small little website here. Ten great recent sci-fi movies you've probably never seen before. Um, just going to run down these because there's a lot of them. There's um, there's movies I've never heard of. There's movies you haven't heard of. And there's a couple that we both have seen. So first on the list is The Endless. The Endless revolves around two friends who revisit a cult they once belonged to. Uh, that's the most basic synopsis that can be given without, you know, giving away too many surprises. The author of this article, uh, says this is by budding directors, Justin Benson and Aaron Scott Moorhead. They directed a little indie film called resolution. They, they go on to say in the article that it's best to watch resolution. And then this, they kind of go in tandem. Hmm. Um, sounds interesting. I've seen trailers for this and it is kind of crazy. It only showed in little art house theaters, but it's kind of mind blowing. Um, so that's number one on the list. Number two is um, Marjorie Prime. Um, this actually has Hugh Jackman in it, which is interesting for him to be in an indie movie. Um, but it's basically about a 85-year-old woman with Alzheimer's who reconnects with her deceased husband when he's brought back to life by a service called Prime. Prime specializes in creating AI versions of people so that others can relive past memories. So she's talking to her younger husband through AI. Hmm. So kind of cool. Kind of like a Black Mirror episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Radius is actually one I have seen. This is a really cool... Um, smart sci-fi. So the premise revolves around a man who wakes up from amnesia in an interesting power that causes anything within a certain race of him to die. So I forgot the radius, but if anybody gets so close to him, they just instantly die. And then he meets another woman that has amnesia that once they're together, um, people won't die. Hmm. And that's part of the interesting thing, but the, the real spin is how did they get that way? So it's kind of cool. Uh, number four on the list is Prospect, a movie we've talked about many, many times and reviewed many times. Well, reviewed once, sorry. <laughs> we just talked about it a lot. Um, reviewed in episode 201. It's a, it's a slow burn sci-fi movie that's kind of, it's kind of quaint, and um, you don't see a lot of these kind of films. Real good performances, complex themes, well-developed, highly recommended. Um, other life. Um, the article says other life is an episode of black mirror come to life. It explores the negative effects of science and technology. And if in the film, a company develops a drug that transports users into a type of virtual reality. When users are in this mental state, time essentially stands still, which allows them to live out their greatest fantasies without the fear of aging. This all sounds brilliant on paper until the drug has some negative side effects. So, uh, number six, we've talked about before, episode uh, 275, Before We Vanish. Uh, basically, what we, how would you describe that one? 
Yeah, so it's a it's a Japanese film, so subtitled to death here. Uh, aliens come to Earth, and they take over people's bodies. And, the body snatchers. Yeah, bo- kind of body snatchers, but they pretend to be the person. They take their memories, and they learn people's i can't remember the word they use in the thing they they learn they learn concepts 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 like what's love and all this stuff in the film and it's interesting it, that's all i'm gonna say it's, about it's, it. it's interesting it's it's a different type of sci-fi film yeah so that was one i suggested brian suggested prospect so you could probably figure out which one of the two is better but yeah <laughs> it, it's an interesting film i mean I, I enjoy that we are trying to get the international taste in this show here uh yeah. yeah, it's not. Don't expect the bug-eyed creatures in it at all. It's basically just people, they're aliens inside human bodies. Right. Um, Kill commands number seven. This one, um, the author said, is a uh, a movie about people defending themselves against rogue AI. Lots of explosions, lots of flashy action sequences, but this film is not trying to be what it's not. It's basically an action sci-fi film with robots gone bad. So if you like that, I like kill command. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, level 16 is number eight. Uh, basically the premise is imagine if the hands made handmaidens tale was written for young adult audiences. That's, that's basically the premise. Hmm. I never watch that means tale. So yeah, that's a messed up uh, show. Yeah. Um, but is Handmaid's Tale really sci-fi? I don't know. Um, well, it's dystopian future, basically. So I guess kind of, but yeah, I don't think of it that way. Uh, next on the list here, number nine, Creative Control. This is basically Creative Control, but a man who uses augmented reality to have an affair with his buddy's girlfriend. We kind of saw that in, well, a little bit in Black Mirror. Um. The real draws a gorgeous cinematography, but the strong acting and interesting characters are certainly worth watching. And then last on the list is a movie called Time Trap. Time Trap feels like the product of a different era. It's got an 80s feel, kind of like Stranger Things, but not retro style. Yeah, they say they that. say that one's kind of like us, uh, like kind of has that Steven Spielberg in his heyday type of movie it's got that kind of feel to it so that's right yeah we might have to go back and revisit some of these yeah i put them on our list so um yeah i i love getting these lists of stuff we've never heard of before going hmm. so now it's yeah. on our radar so we'll have to check some of that out and if anybody listening has seen some of these films let us know what you recommend you always email us sci-fi watcher at sayproductions.com or drop us a voicemail at uh, 774-327-2948, 774-32-SAY-IT. All right, let's get into the shorts this week. The first one is called After Her by Ali Migliori. It's um, starring Natalia Dyer and Christopher Dylan White, directed by Ali. Uh, and it's, um, let's see, this one's a this kind of a longer one. It's like 13 minutes. Uh, it's, it's an acid trip, I think. The guy and the girl, <laughs> the guy and the girl in the woods, and she pulls this weird thing out of a cave. And then, yeah, this is this is a heady sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. I had to scratch my head after watching it. Um, I had to read a little bit. That's always a bad sign. Oh. Um, but it's a a story about a, you know, like you just said, it's it follows the archetype of a lost girl. Yeah, is what the director says. Um, the lost girl 
finds that artifact, some kind of alien artifact, and then she disappears. And then cut to five years later, Caleb tries to find her again. And his cell phone from five years ago is powered up, ready to go. Yeah, I mean, well, that was the funny thing when I'm watching this. He has that old flip up the screen phone with the the the, the actual keyboard underneath it. I'm like, what the heck? And then it's five years later. I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense now. Why why his phone's a little dated? But yeah, I was the same way as you. I'm like, oh look, he opens up this plastic thing. The phone works. Yeah, he, he actually powered it up so he can get the phone number off of it. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. Um, I was like, that phone would be dead <laughs> unless he charged it. Yeah, that right. was the weird thing. I'm like, wow, the, well, these old phones had some great battery life. Yeah, really? Five years later, it still works. Yeah, so he picks up the phone, for some reason tries to call her. She's been gone for five years. She answers and says, Caleb. And he goes to seek her out the last place she was left. Yeah. And he finds the weird thing there and she shows up and she's in a different dimension. Okay. Yeah. This was very preachy sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I will put that. Like I said, I had to read a lot about, I read the comments on the YouTube video just to see who else was kind of lost. And a lot of people were right. Uh, it, it, I don't understand the, the archetype of the lost girl, but it's kind of empowering the lost girl in a way, meaning like she's not really lost. She's just finding another way, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And it seemed like that the lost girls go to this dimension because that's what I felt like he had gone there with them. Right. Cause I noticed that because yeah, at the end of the movie, he's, it cuts to him walking around and it's just a bunch of girls and they're all looking at him. Yeah. There's no other guys. So I don't know. Yeah. I was, I'm like, I'm like, it's and then the credits. I'm like that. That's it. Like, okay. It's a very atmospheric film too. If you, if you like that, a lot of, uh, mood and sound, I don't know. Yeah. I, the beginning part really annoyed me because the, the shaky cam was super shaky. Yeah. I will watch it at the beginning. I'm like, oh my God. This is, could you tone that down a little bit? This was low budget too. You gotta Yeah, I mean I mean basically it's like let's do it let's do it in the woods over here behind the house. Yeah. I mean I mean I mean the, the most special effects was like the water bubbling. <laughs> it's like someone must have bought some dry ice to throw in the water. Um if that's mm. a real cave, that looked awesome, that cave. Yeah, that did look cool. Um the director said that she did all the special effects herself. She hand did them. So. Wow. That's old school. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Natalie Dyer, if you don't know who she is, she's from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Do you recognize her? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Caleb doesn't even talk very much. He ta- has like one line at the beginning. He never talks after that. That's, yeah, that's interesting. And it, it, because it's basically, he's the main character in this. You know, we're following his story. We're not following her story. Right, right. Yeah, this was interesting. It was, uh, yeah, 13 minutes. I was like, oh, kind of, kind of wish we could have had a better ending to this. But I'm like, okay. It was, it was highly, you know, it had a lot of views on dust. So I thought I'd give it a shot. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. I mean, other people might like it or just, you know, the look of it or something. But yeah, not my, not my cup of tea. But let's move on to the next one here called One Minute Time Machine. 
uh, directed by Devin Avery. This is five minutes and 40 seconds, and this was a fun ride. First of all, when I'm putting the show notes together, I see that you picked One Minute Time Machine. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I like it already. <laughs> I knew it. I picked that just for you. Hey, well, you know me, Time Machines. I mean, I, I love the whole thing. It felt almost like Forrest Gump at the beginning. Right. I and mean, it's kind of silly that you got this guy who is – Using this time machine to hit on a girl, which says, which says one minute time machine on it. Yeah, yeah, that was the first thing. He's like, oh yeah, let me let me get rid of that. <laughs> um, but I didn't expect where it went. You know, I didn't either. But I've heard that theory before. Have you ever heard that theory? I kind of have because I've I've heard that theory that you know, even with teleporting, mm-hmm. is the same kind of thing. Yeah. That you die. So like every time he like traveled back, he would that that universe that he left, he was dead. And- but we're cutting to the end there. But he, <laughs> he he basically tries to hit on her and you know the very cliche ways like, ooh, what are you into? Okay, I'm gonna read up about that. You and know. it's and it's a supercut. He screws up, hits the button, resets, tries again, screws up, hits the button, resets. Yeah, the funny thing is that she is like a quantum physicist or something like that. Yeah, she has a doctor doctorate in quantum mechanics. There you go. And then uh he asked her about time travel and then she he she brings up something he didn't think about that every time he's hitting that button he's killing himself in well, that universe. Oh, I love the fact that before that she's like, "Oh, you read the book? Did you read chapter so and so on this?" He's like, "Hold on." He pushes the button, he gets grabs the book from him, he's like, "96 pages. Like, I don't have enough time to read this." <laughs> She's yeah. like, she's like, what are you doing? Don't worry, you're not going to remember this. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like it's a real boner killer finding out that that die. And then they, and I love them. They do the cut to all the past jumps he did, and you just see him dead on the bench and see all her different reactions to it. Yeah, that was hilarious. I love that. But is that so that you think that's really the the case? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting theory. Obviously, we can't prove it, but I just thought it was funny that they had they had gone with that theory which has been mentioned before but no one no one has ever written to a story that i know of yeah it had a lot of views and that's 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 good for this little film festival darling here yeah uh the thing i I, like i always had a few questions does this mean he goes back one minute in time yeah but i think when he goes back he's opening up another universe he is but the thing is though so he only has a so much so many seconds to actually try to hit on her yeah. And if it fails, he has to <laughs> jump back and do it again. Oh, I thought he was just going back a minute. Yeah, me too. That's what it is. He's going back a minute. So he's sitting yeah. there on the bench with her. He's only got so much time to hit on her because if he yeah. waits too long when he goes back a minute, you know, she she could be somewhere else or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I get that makes sense. And then it was interesting when she pulled the box away from him and she pushed the button. Does that mean she was going back a minute? Because it seemed like she knew what was what the box was. Oh, yeah. Even though That's she didn't good. have the box, this, the, like the second time he came Wait, over at with the, the box. very end, she went back, right? Yeah, she had the box next to her and she pushed the button. And then we're guessing she went back because he said something and then she like pushed the button again. So I guess whoever pushes the button, they're the one that goes back in time no matter who's holding the box. Okay. I just love it. I love this. This was this was just long enough. It was it was fast. It was funny. It was it was just it checked all the boxes off for me. Yeah, perfect timing. 
Yes. All right. Let's get on to the last one here, which wondered why it sounded familiar to me is the film called The Space Between Us. It's an award winning film, and I could not figure out why I've heard of this before, this 12 minute, 49 second one. But supposedly this is where The Shape of Water is based on. Well, no, it was it was um, a big controversy when Shape of Water came out that, look, you guys stole our idea. You guys, you know, this was our film. There are very a lot of similarities between this and, and Shape of Water. They're both about a woman who works in some kind of factory that's cleaning and comes upon this creature that is amphibious, like a swamp thing. Oh, you know what I'm thinking? I'm stupid. I'm, uh, there's, there was a movie that came out in 2017 called The Space Between Us. Different movie, though. Yeah, that's probably what I was thinking of. I'm like, why does this sound familiar? Yeah, different. Okay, good. Um, but it, it is. it did turn out that they are totally different ideas. Um, Guillermo del Toro came up with this idea a long time ago. It was just coincidence that they're very similar. Um, but yeah, it's eerie how similar they are. But the feet, don't they look the same? I didn't, I, like I said, I haven't watched the film yet, but don't they have the same kind of look to them? Well, the fact that they're, you know, in these kind of containers that have water in it. Uh-huh. So um, they're both similar looking creatures. Right. So it's kind of hard. Um, uh, and, and they said, I, I, I read a Reddit uh, AMA where the creators of this film kind of just said, they debunked it and said, you know, we talked to Guillermo del Toro. We talked for many hours. Mm-hmm. He clearly had this idea a long time ago. It's just coincidence. Well, and that's the thing with writers and, and creators like that. They Nowadays, they make sure to document everything. You know, they have their lawyers holding on to stuff for decades just just in case something like this happens. You know, right. And the timing of it, this came out in 2015, 2015, and then The Shape of Water came out in 2017. He had been writing way before that. Right. So, I mean, you could say, oh, yeah, well, two years, that makes sense. You could have stolen it from us. But I mean, yeah, I heard that story. I remember hearing that story that he had written this, the ideas for this a long time ago. But we've seen this before with other movies. You know, you've seen the, I mean, there's like the two volcano films that come out back to back and the, the two asteroid films that come out back to back. It's the same idea. It, it does happen. That's, that's major theaters. That's that's when basically scripts get like shuffled around. And uh-huh. they, but this is like a little independent. This was like a, a college some college students in in Netherlands huh. did this. So, but anyway, we'll we'll get to the story here. So, the space between us is kind of a dystopian future. The world's chock full of pollution. Everyone needs oxygen masks to survive. Um, and then we have, I think her name was Jillian. She was or Juliet. I'm sorry. She's a cleaning lady and research institute called Beacon. It's kind of like a grimy, slimy little place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then she gets into one of the rooms where we have, quote unquote, Adam, who is like a, I don't know, merman. <laughs> yeah, fluorescent. He, I like the look of it. I like the look of him. Yeah, he's kind of a merman. He can breathe underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a a portly scientist that says you know i want his gills um and then juliet you know wants to save him 
Um, very much like Splash is what I told I told Corey Rib before this. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, I I kind of can see where you got that from. Um, yeah, yeah, it's basically let's save an animal or let's save let's save the the this this creature or whatever like that. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed this. It, you know, mm-hmm. it, it I thought it was gonna be like a love story. I'm thinking of like oh it's gonna no, but it wasn't. It was just you know she didn't want to see this creature suffer and die. Right. She didn't want to see the creature suffer and die. So she, um, you know, when, when, uh, they all leave the room, she goes and gets them out of there, makes her escape. And I like the way it ended too. Yeah. Um, are we going to go ahead and talk about that or? Uh, yeah, I guess we can. It's not, it's just been around long enough. Um, I, I love the whole idea of, of the underwater city. Yeah. That was cool. It was kind of hard to see through the visuals. Mm-hmm. You know, you see her like scurrying around outside with the gurney and people are shooting at her. And then it looks like there's a cliff and she runs off into the cliff and falls in. And and, um, and from my, my, my understanding or my guessing of this is it sounds like they, they capture these creatures to, to take their gills off because it looks like that people can get gills put on them to breathe the water instead of the air. I guess so. I saw. I wasn't really explained. I saw some reference to that. I don't know if it was on the radio or a post or something like that, like get gills or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I was thinking that because there's like a whole city of them under there, figuring they were going to try to capture them. Well, that's what the the scientist said. I want those gills. Get those gills for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that was what they're trying to do. They were trying to get gills so they can breathe. Uh huh. Um, but at the end of it, it seemed like. It wasn't really said, but I think she had gills already. Um, See, I took it the other way. I think I thought she just basically called it a day. She was a piece. like she died. Yeah, I think it was. It wasn't really said, but I think she might have gills because she was just breathing. She wasn't um, going up for air. Plus, she had something around her neck. She had this scarf, so you couldn't huh. tell. It was kind of like left to. Your interpretation? Well, I, th- I thought she was breathing because she had the oxygen mask on. No, but she took it off at the end. Yeah. But did, were there bubbles coming out of her mouth at all? Do you notice? I saw a little bubble. Okay, so like maybe one, she, but not a lot. Maybe she had gills. Maybe you're right. But I mean, that she had this scarf on the whole time. It never came off. And I'm wondering if it was hiding gills. I guess that's for our interpretation, but you're probably right. I don't know. It's, guess i don't know but i liked it beautiful film uh 13 minutes just long enough something that's definitely worth watching many times to see what you can catch like that i didn't even catch that like and i i thought i caught the gill reference earlier and you said that you didn't even see that and there's a lot of little things in this film i think if we watch it a couple times we would we would catch things we didn't, didn't notice the first time around yeah yeah, uh, really good, really good selections this week. And that's it, my friend. I want to thank Brian for being here. Brian, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Just look for Brian Says. And as always, all our shows are at sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watch. Check them out over there. We finally got done with the final four episodes of season one of Final Space because season two is starting this week. Thank God. Can't wait. Uh, we did our review last week of Men in Black International right after it came out in theaters. Next week, I'm going solo because Brian is busy doing something on his own. And I'm going to watch a movie he's already seen called The Host. 
And uh, Wednesday, we will be doing our final, or yeah, tomorrow, we're doing our final episode of Series 5 of Black Mirror. Make sure you check that out. And Thursday, I don't know how the heck we're still doing Rick and Morty, but we're actually looking at that that uh, State of Georgia versus Denver Fenton Allen thing. That's the uh, transcript that they, uh, actual transcript from a court case that is hilarious. And then they made into, they Rick and Morty eyes it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess is the way to say it. So, yeah. yes. So check that out. And of course, you want to get a hold of us, said it before, we'll say it again. Sci-Fi Watcher at SayProductions.com. And leave us a voicemail at 774-327-2948, 774-32-SAY-IT. And we are here Monday nights live, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's 12 midnight UTC, SayProductions.com slash YouTube. Well, that's it for this episode of the show. Hope you all have a great one. Until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs>